Hi, this is Bill Hoppy, Buffalo Sabres beat reporter, and I'm joined by Nick Sabato, Buffalo Bills beat reporter and Niagara Gazette sports editor. And welcome to episode 17, a special Christmas edition of uh, Buffalo Press Box. Nick, you're out of uh, the Buffalo Press Box uh, headquarters and you're you're on the road this week. Uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 on re- I'm on remote. You you put me out in the field. That's right. But you're gracious enough to join us. Nick, you watched the Bills defeat the Chargers 20, 24-22. It wasn't the most satisfying win, but a road win, I guess, in the NFL is a road win, even against a, a weaker opponent. The Bills have won three straight, four or five since that disastrous loss to the Broncos. Can we, can we tr- at this point, after you know i guess a, a a month of more than a month of this or so uh can we trust you know this is who the bills are can we trust them that they're this consistent well i mean i guess at the end of the day they don't ask how they ask how many um and the bills you know they they talked it up that you know it's it's hard to win in the nfl and and it is but um i i think it's as this season it's fair to be concerned can they do this every week, um, you know, for the next six six weeks? Because mm-hmm. they're going to have to, right? I mean, they can get into the playoffs this week, but if, if they want to win the division, if they want to win the Super Bowl, they're going to have to be consistent for the next six weeks, next six games. Um, and it's fair to be concerned if they can do that. Um, you know, the, the Chargers at the end of the day were not very good. Um, they were playing with a backup quarterback. They were playing with an interim head coach. The Keenan Allen, the NFL's receptions leader, wasn't playing. Um, they didn't have Joey Bosa. He's on IR. Um, and it was a close game. It had to come down to the wire. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, you can say, yeah, the, the, the Chargers were embarrassed by the Raiders the week before getting, you know, beat 63 to 21. Um, you know, there's probably some guilt that their head coach got fired because of their performance. Um, but at the same time, it's not the, the, the Chargers didn't force three turnovers. The, you know, the Bills were loose with the ball. You know, Josh Allen uh, had had some hubris and, and uh, made a bad decision. That was on him. That wasn't on that wasn't anything the Chargers did. That was on him. Um, mm-hmm. James Cook fumbled the ball, you know moments after getting away with a fumble um that's on him uh there there's concern there now at the same time they were good enough to overcome it so you 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 have to balance it out are the bills good enough to win six games in a row here yes there's no question they're talented enough um i I don't think there's ever been a question if they're talented enough but they have to be consistent and I think they need to get some consistency from their passing game. Um, that that's first and foremost. Stefan Diggs has just been MIA for the most part for the last nine weeks. Um, hasn't had a hundred yards in, in nine weeks. Um, that's that's the longest stretch of his career, I believe. You know, Gabe Davis has had like uh, four games without a catch in the last the last eight games. Um, and then the other games, he he goes off. He's had two hundred yard games. It's the weirdest two month stretch in NFL history. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, he, he, he went off Saturday, but the two games before didn't have a catch. Um, they need to very odd. I mean, they need to find some consistency. I mean, even throughout the course of the game, I mean, you look at, uh, the, the scoring, the non-scoring drives, six non-scoring drives. Allen was four of nine for 38 yards and the bills were over five on third down. On the six, on the four scoring drives, he was ten of eleven for one ninety one, and they were five for five on third down. Um, that's too mercur- mercurial. I mean, they have to find some consistency even in the middle of the game there, uh, or otherwise, you know, a good team is going to take advantage of that. Um, you know, the the Dolphins. I mean, you you can say what you want about the Dolphins, and Bills fans say what they want about the Dolphins, but the Dolphins are good. So when Week eighteen rolls around. They're not going to be able to to play that inconsistently, inconsistency, inconsistently against the Dolphins, and certainly not against any of the teams that they're going to play in the playoffs. So you, you know, you mentioned Stefan Diggs, and he had five receptions, twenty nine yards, longest eleven yards. He hasn't been over six six receptions in the last uh, since that Bengals game, so about seven weeks. Um, Last 100-yard game was against the Giants, that game they barely scraped out. We've seen him on the sideline for some critical situations, uh, or at least at certain times. Like, w- w- what's happened, in your opinion? Well, I mean, there's there have been teams that are, are, are doubling him or, or rolling safeties over the top and, and things of that nature. And the Bills still don't do a great job of, of scheming guys open. They're essentially saying, you're Stefan Diggs, go get open. Um, mm-hmm. Now, at, at the same time, he's been open and they've tried to do some little things to get him open. I mean, not enough, but some little things. And he's he's had some drops. If you're mm-hmm. going to be that guy and he's supposed to be that guy, he thinks he's that guy. He's he's proven that he's talented enough to be that guy. He's got to make some some easy catches like that. And he hasn't. Um now, at the end of the game there on that on that last drive for the go-ahead score, he made two huge catches. So, um, you know, progress at the end of the game, but they need it they need it throughout. And some of it's on him, some of it's on Joe Brady to get him open, some of it's on Josh Allen to get him the ball. So, I I think there's a uh a, a, a balancing act there that they need to figure out here in the next 2 weeks. And I suspect that they will. So the, as the season winds down, there's been a lot of uh, MVP chatter with Josh Allen. Uh, Lamar Jackson, deservedly so, is getting a lot of MVP talk as well. Uh, Josh Allen, I mean, <laughs> you know, from, from a Bill standpoint, it's hard to imagine where they would be without him. I mean, first quarterback ever to have 40 total touchdowns in four consecutive years. Um uh, he, I mean, he would be a worthy MVP candidate, in my opinion. I mean, ultimately, Lamar Jackson might win because uh, the Ravens are just a better team right now. Uh, there are who else? Am I, who, who else is a worthy candidate? Who else am I forgetting? Leaving out of the um, mix here, that Brock Purdy took a hit um, in that Ravens game, throwing four picks. Yes, but he's up he there. Did. I believe Christian McCaffrey is currently number two. Their Forty Nineers running back on on odds. Um, and I think you have to throw uh, to a Viola in there, and I I think you have to put Tyreek Hill in there certainly. Um, 
but um uh, I think I think um Tua currently has more odds than or better odds than Allen at the present time. Really? Yeah, basically pretty much because they're ahead of them in the standings right now. Um, right. but that wasn't the case two weeks ago. Um, but when you when you look at it, I find it hard to be, I find it hard to believe it's not going to a quarterback. Uh, right or wrong, and I, I I think that's wrong. I mean, you know, you look at what what Tyree Kill means to that Dolphins offense. He's just a game changer. He might be the best football player in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey is certainly a game changer with the 49ers, But then you look last night, or you know, against the Ravens, they're they're they've got the ball at the two yard line, and he gets one one touch. Um, doesn't doesn't scream valuable, even though he is. Um, so when you look at it, Lamar Jackson right now, I think it's his to lose. Um, if he goes out and lights it up against the, the dolphins, um, uh, on Sunday, I don't think there's any way he's not going to win it because the Ravens will mm-hmm. clinch the number one seed in the AFC. They've beaten the team likely to, to get the number one seed in the NFC. I think it's his, um, with that being said, you look at that game. Uh, you give credit to Lamar Jackson for converting, but his defense forced five turnovers and put him in great positions. I think at one point they had they had thirty points, and twenty four of them came on drives less than sixty yards. Uh, you know, you have I think anyone with a brain factors that into play. Now with with Josh Allen, it's hard to overlook six losses. It's hard to overlook fifteen interceptions. With that being said, he's got 40 total touchdowns, leads the NFL. Um, and the national narrative is that Josh Allen, that the Bills asked Josh Allen to do too much, that they're completely reliant on Josh Allen. Well, now, if the Bills go 6-6, six and six, from 6-6 six and six to potentially the number two seed in the playoffs, how do you not consider him for the MVP? Sure. If, if they're if they're completely reliant on him, he's got to get the credit, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the logic. He's got, I think, uh, somewhere around eighty three percent of the team's touchdowns. Uh, he's top five, I believe, in NFL rushing touchdowns, and I believe top five in passing touchdowns. So, um, I think he's very deserving. He's had, I mean, there's there's no question that he is one of the top five players in the game right now. Uh, mm-hmm. He's had some up and down moments. They haven't needed him as much. Uh, they didn't need him as much against the, the Cowboys. But at the same time, some of the things that they were able to do against the Cowboys is because of his threat. So, and then again, obviously against the Chargers, I mean, that throw to Khalil Shakir, you know, at the end of the game there that pretty much sealed it. Uh, you know, where he's there's son in the house and he's fading away off his back foot and just puts it right on the money. That was just an insane uh throw, just insane arm strength from him. Mm-hmm. So he he's he's got to be in the conversation, I think, if the Bills um win their next two games. Okay, so the, this Bills run has gotten them back in a playoff spot as of right now. They can clinch this week. Uh, can you go through some of the scenarios? I mean, all this talk that the Bills might miss the playoffs, and here we are, you know, be a couple of games left, and they can clinch. Can you go through them? 
Well, I mean, they can clinch Sunday. Um, if you think about it, it's so wild that we're, you know, three weeks ago, they have a 30% chance to, to get in the playoffs. And now they have mm-hmm. a legitimate chance to clinch Sunday. Um, and obviously it all starts with uh, beating the Patriots that, that, you know, they need to, they need to beat the Patriots. That's the easiest, um, you know, first step. But uh, so the, the easiest way is um, a Buffalo win and then any combination of a Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, or Jacksonville loss, two of the three mm-hmm. um, they would need. Um, or they can get in with a win, a Pittsburgh loss or tie, a Houston loss or tie, and an Indianapolis loss or tie. Uh, same with a uh, Bills win, Cincinnati loss or tie, Houston loss or tie, Indianapolis loss or tie. And then um, there's a bunch of scenarios they can get in with a, a, a tie as well against the Patriots. Um, but those are those are awfully, you know, multiple. Like uh, they can get in with a Bills, a Bills tie, Cincinnati loss, Houston loss, Indianapolis loss. Or a tie, oh a Pittsburgh loss, Cincinnati loss, Jacksonville loss, but those seem uh, that that seems uh, a bit more unlikely than you know a Bills win and you know getting losses from two of three of Cincinnati, Jacksonville, or Pittsburgh. Bills, uh, I don't think they have a tie in my lifetime. I could be wrong, but uh, I can't recall a tie. Um, they've had one since the seventies, maybe. I mean, I can't remember one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, uh, in order to, in order to win the division, they need, um, they need Miami to lose to Baltimore this week and then need to beat the dolphins, um, uh, in week 18. And if they do that, the bills will be the number two seed because amazing. Of, and I mean, that's doable. I mean, like that's not yep. some far fetched, you know, pie in the sky thing i mean it's it's quite it's quite possible i mean not to put the cart ahead of the horse i mean take care of new england first and so forth but i mean it's not the craziest scenario no and i think um i think the bill you know the baltimore obviously is coming off a big win against the 49ers maybe there's some letdown there but at the same time i think that they're going to be reminded often of that game against the dolphins last year where they had a big lead and let it get away. Miami scored, I think, forty some points on them to win. Um, I I think they're going to be reminded of that frequently during the week. Um, so yes, it's it's not a it's not a far fetched scenario, and um, the Raiders gave them some help in that regard by by beating the Chiefs uh, on Christmas Day. So, you you know you mentioned the Patriots. They're they. They beat the Bills 29-25 on October 22nd. And the Patriots are coming off a huge upset of the Broncos on Christmas night. But, I mean, still, that that loss, I mean, from the Bills is just it, – it still looks brutal to me. Um, beating them could have changed their whole season. I mean, even though they, they find themselves in a pretty good spot now. What, I mean, what kind of – what are the Bills facing in the Patriots right now? Because, I mean, we've seen them – have some, a few, you know, two or three nice wins, and we've seen them struggle to the point where they basically, literally, can't score. I mean, they've been shut out what two or three times. Uh, how many times have they scored fewer than ten points? It's amazing how, when they're 
and they're bad. Right. And now Bailey Zappi is the quarterback. Mac Jones has been been yanked. Um, and speaking of uh, of remembering losses, I I I the Bills are going to be reminded of that loss earlier in the season, whether it's by the media this week or whether it's by the coaching staff. Um, that that loss is going to come up, and it was a bad loss. I think at the time we said that that was as bad of a loss as Sean McDermott has ever had. You know, mm-hmm. they they had they had come out sluggish in two consecutive games, and instead of fixing it, they come out sluggish again, and it cost them. And then they couldn't close out the deal. Um, they woke up, and and then you know Mac Jones went right down the field. You know, uh, at a time when the Patriots couldn't score. So yeah, that I mean, this isn't. It's not a. It's not a walk. You know, it's not. It's not a walkover. Bill Belichick's teams are not you know, going to be a, a pushover, but the bills I think are going to be motivated and let's not get lost in this. Uh, there's no love lost between Sean McDermott and Bill Belichick. I think Sean McDermott would love to be the guy to put Bill Belichick out of his misery here. Um, and it looks like, you know, Belichick's time in new England is, is, uh, on its last legs. So I, I think, I think the bills, I think Sean McDermott would love, would love to be the team to kind of put him out of his misery um, coming down the stretch here. And they need, I think they need to, after last week, I think they need to come out and, and make a statement and say, you know, we're worthy of, of some of the praise that we've been getting recently. And this is who we are now. We are not, we are not the inconsistent team. We were the last time we played the Patriots. The bills need to, to, to make that statement. I think going into week 18. Can we get a prediction, Nick? You've gotten better with your predictions. First, when we started this, you refused. You wouldn't do it. Now you've come around to it. Can we get a prediction of school? 31-14. Oh, okay. I was going to go 31-10. So. I'll give him a, right. a late score. A late score. <laughs> a garbage time touchdown? Yeah, it's New Year's Eve. They'll be planning their, planning their after parties. Who knows what shenanigans they'll get into. <laughs> they are millionaires all right. off after all and, and have more assets at their disposal. All right. 31-14 according to Nick. 31-10 according to me. All right. We're on the same wavelength again. We've had some similar scores the last few weeks. So. And, and you are the you are the, the pick man. So. That's right. So, um, so with the with with that being said the sabers now enter the entered the christmas break with a little bit of momentum um they had a nice a nice bounce back after uh, just a just a an incredibly frustrating loss to the columbus blue jackets they bounced back and and just hammered the leafs um they didn't get a win right before christmas they they lose in overtime uh, to the New York Rangers, who are very, very good, um, but there's some momentum. They scored, they scored some goals in that game. Um, offense seems to be a little bit more rejuvenated. What, what do you make of of, of things? Because we're still, they're still in the win, win, lose one category, even though they got a point against the Rangers. Yeah, they are in the win, win, lose one still. But I mean, there are positive signs, as you said, entering the break. I mean. 
to beat the Maple Leafs nine to three was just huge. I mean, that was that was a massive game coming off and and that embarrassing nine to four loss at home to the Blue Jackets. I mean, the players talked about you know how much you know they like Don Granado and he's the coach and so on and so on. But it, unless they really went out and did something, I mean, those words were going to be pretty hollow. I mean, they needed to come out with some sort of statement back up their words and they did they just they annihilated the Leafs and it's not just that they won nine to three it's that they you know they took an early lead and they fell behind and they came right back and they, they kept the pressure they kept the pressure on they, they they kept accelerating and that was that was a game that you were reminded of what they could be and all the firepower they have um, and it looked like last season and it was it was a significant significant win now two days later um Saturday against the Rangers on the road, they lose four to three in overtime, and and yes, win one, lose one. But there was a lot to like in that game, and I think the Sabers are pa- past that, you know, that part of their maturation where they're okay with moral victories. But to come to play maybe the league's best team, uh, definitely one of them, a, a legit Stanley Cup contender on the road in a, in a hostile atmosphere and to keep coming back and to lose an overtime to get the point. I mean, uh, I, I think that's a really good point. And over the course of the eight of an 82 game season, you're going to, you're going to lose some, some games like that in overtime. And I think when you lose like that, you just have to take the good from it, take the point and move on because they played well enough to win. And if they play, if they keep playing like that, quite honestly, They'll they'll win more games than they lose. I mean, that was it was a fun game. It was a strong effort from them, and in the end, you know, they, they lost in overtime. I mean, and it's something live, they haven't done can, much. No, uh, you the can third? live with a loss like that. And it's third, honestly like we've talked about. Not to cut you off, Nick, but like uh, as we've talked about, those are significant, like significant points. Part part of today's game is just getting to overtime. You can get to overtime. You get that point. It, it, it's huge and they start to add up and sometimes the difference between making the playoffs and, and, and not getting in is just you know, getting to overtime a few more times. I mean, if the Sabres did it last year, a few more times, maybe they would have gotten in. They fell two points short or were, I'm sorry, a point short or whatever it was. And uh, I mean, just that's the way the game's structured now. I mean, it's so tight. These teams are the league so competitive that um, just getting to that extra session and earning that point. I mean, it, it, it changes your season. And, and I believe the only fourth overtime loss for the Sabres this year. And I think they've only gone to a shootout twice, correct? Um, I think they've only gone to a shootout once. Is that? The Canadians, is even... that the only one? Did Comrie not? Was... The only... Levi was the goalie in that one. I thought maybe Comrie um, was a goalie in another I shootout. Believe... I could be wrong. I believe that's the only shootout, uh, March, excuse me, March, December 9th against the Canadians. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm glad that there aren't a lot of shootouts. I'm not a huge fan of shootouts. That's because you're that's, not a big fan of fun. Grew, that's well, that's right. They go hand in hand, but, <laughs> uh, I'd rather see the game decided, uh, like real play. And you can, I mean, you can make a strong argument that, um, three on three isn't, you know, a regular game and I mean it's really not but um it's still you know teams going against each other it's not 
a skater on a goalie. So I'd love to see more three on three or even four on four and then go to three on three. I think that's probably a pipe dream, but uh, yeah, I, the fewer the shootouts, let's have games decided in overtime. The fewer shootouts, the better. Let's so, have games so decided in OT. I assume you're not a big fan then of the college football overtime rules now that where after after the second overtime it goes to a two point conversion contest. No, I don't like the. I believe football overtime should be each team gets at least one possession. I'll let them know. Okay, if you can uh, let. Uh, the competition committee and the powers that be know I'd appreciate that. <laughs> what did you what did you make of of the Sabres comments after the Leafs game? Which comments in particular? Some of the guys coming out and, and, and standing up for Don Granado. Now, um I I don't think it should be made a, a, you know uh, we talked about it before some of the guys not being there to to uh, take up for 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 Don Granado after the the loss to Columbus. I just I just felt like some of those guys like Rasmus Dahlin. I think they're I don't think that they were um, not telling the truth in their comments after the Leafs game, but I think that they would have meant a lot more um, after the Columbus game. Well, yeah, you can make that argument, um, but. I mean, after they actually go out and do something about it, I don't think is a bad thing either. And I think, let me read Kyle Oposo's quote. He was, we wanted to do more than just say we have his back. We wanted to go out there and prove it. And I think we did a pretty good job of that tonight. And then Alex Tuck was very, you know, firm, strong too. We took, we took last game really personally, I think on a bunch of different levels. I thought we owed one to ourselves. We owed one to the coaching staff because they come in and work really hard for us each and every day. And there might've been some disconnect and there might've been a couple issues here and there with how we were playing and what our game plan was and what our mentality was, but that doesn't leave that room. So I, I, I mean, whenever they say it, I mean, they, they had to say it. I mean, if they didn't say it after the Columbus game, you would have liked to, of course, heard it from more guys, but I mean, Ultimately, they need to back up what they say, and um, they did on Thursday, which was good. And they backed it up against Saturday, in my opinion, too. I mean, most of these guys have gotten much better under Don Granado's leadership on, since his during his tenure as coach, and um, they owe quite a bit to him. I mean, this team has really transformed under his watch, and as they've as we've talked about, as they've reach that next level into playoff content, legit playoff contender status. They've had some stumbles here, but I mean, uh, ultimately I still believe he's, he's the right guy to lead them. And I think the players know that he's the right guy to lead them. I think the best way to go out and show how much they like him is to continue to play that way. Then that was kind of my thought after, after the, the Leafs game is I think we all expected them to come out and play better because that's what they always, that's what they always do when they get, when they get hammered. I mean, they get clubbed by the avalanche on their most recent uh, West coast uh, trip and then come out and play well against um, defending Stanley cup champions, the golden Knights and win that game. Um, But then again, they laid an egg the following night. Now they came out and played better against the Rangers, but I think now they have to start showing, showing some consistency or their words are still hollow. Uh, They can't, they can't come out and, and, um, lay an egg against the Bruins. They they need to come out and play well. Now, 
it's a tough ask to beat the Bruins on any night, but um, they have to play well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, over the course of an 82 game schedule, I mean, <laughs> you're going to lose and you're going to lose a lot of games. And and as, as we've discussed, the problem goes beyond losses with this team. It's just how they've been losing many mm-hmm. nights and that's yes. just getting, getting shellacked. And, and sometimes the game's over at the end of the first period. Yeah. And I mean, if they lose the Bruins and they lose four to three and they, they lose just a well-played, whatever, and whatever cliche you want to use hard fought game. I mean, you can live with that, but you know, if they lose six to one and they're down three, nothing after the first, I mean, <laughs> that, that's a huge, huge problem. So, I mean, as we as we say every week, they have to go on a run here. And time's running out. They have to win three or four in a row. They have to have points and five straight. They have to win four out of you know four out of six or five out of seven. They have to do something here and make a push. Because I mean, the season's of course not over, but the longer this goes on, I mean. The chances of them making the playoffs get slimmer and slimmer, and we've seen how good they could be. And I don't, I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think uh, them winning some of these games are just the law of averages. Catching teams on a on an off night or the schedule uh, works out in their favor. Uh, catching a tired team, but I mean, th- they have to just put something together here. And they play Boston and Columbus and Ottawa this week, and. and I mean, we talk about Boston. I mean, they beat Boston last time. So, yeah. I mean, there's plenty to like about that last effort. I mean, it was it was a strong start-to-finish effort and a, a, just a, a terrific win. I, they have to beat Columbus at home. After yes. not not just I mean, not just because of where the Blue Jackets are in the standings, but be, after that last game, they had to beat the Blue Jackets. Um, and then, I mean, you after that, you look at the schedule. There's they they have a a three game swing on the road Ottawa Montreal Pittsburgh, I think they need to get two out of three there, or at yeah, least for four, sure. or or points in two out of three, um. But then you look at the schedule and it's favorable for for a stretch here. You get Seattle at home, Ottawa at home, Vancouver at home, San Jose at home, Chicago at home. There's a chance, you know. Uh, then they they close out that home stint with with Tampa, who's obviously still still good there's a chance you know there before they go out west to really to really make up some ground yeah when they come back from that road trip the first week of uh, january they have a whatever it is a six game home stand i guess it and i mean that's as good an opportunity as they'll have all season to make up that ground and yes they play they play tampa bay and they play vancouver during that stretch but I mean, they also play San Jose, Chicago. I mean, some real bottom feeders. And I mean, that's that's a point in the schedule you circle and say, okay, win four out of five or get points in five out of six. Or excuse me, win five out of six or get points in five out of six or, or, or whatever. I mean, that, that's going to be maybe the best chance they have all season to really go on a tear. And they, have, they, they haven't been a good home team. Um for a long time and they, they weren't good last year i mean they're only seven eight and one this year i mean it's it, it's not a place i think opponents really fear coming into so to speak i mean 
the Sabres haven't established themselves as that that dominant home team yet. And if you want to go anywhere, I mean, you have to be a solid home team. I mean, Sabres have proven themselves to be a pretty good road team. I mean, they were terrific last year. They've been decent this year, but they just haven't, for whatever reasons, been a good home team. So, I mean, this this upcoming stretch, I mean, I mean, it's it, it's a it's a stretch of games in which they can, they can, they can get going here. I mean, they play Ottawa on the road, Montreal, Pittsburgh. And, I mean, they've beaten those teams have beaten them, but I mean, they're not, they're not great teams. I mean, Pittsburgh for as tough as they, they, they can be. And for as good as they've been in years past, I mean, they're not the penguins of old Montreal can be a tough. No, they're just out, the, they're, they're they're the old penguins. Team. They're What's not that? the penguin. They're not the penguins of old. They're just the old penguins. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> but I mean, so I mean, there's an opportunity for them to do some good things here. I mean, like, and they have to be better against these weak teams. I mean, if, for them to play so well against these these heavyweights and to struggle against weaker teams, it, it's it's bizarre. And again, you have to take the points that are there for you. So this is a significant stretch coming up, and I know we're we're going basically a, a month ahead but i mean it's, it's where we are it's, it's there for them and and you know obviously you can't expect them to go and beat all of the top heavyweights every time but i think if, if you want them if you if the sabers are going to be a playoff team you can't just chalk those up as losses anymore they have to they have to win some of those games or get points out of some of those games if they're going to be a playoff team um you know, especially especially at home, and I don't know their kids. I guess maybe they 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 play freer away from their parents. Well, I think you know I I really think those road games. There's something about the road has focused them, and I think you realize you're on the road. You kind of it's like you have two you have two strikes against you, and you just have to settle in, and you have a greater focus, and and something changes them, and I they've responded well to just the simple challenge of playing on the road. I mean, winning a road game in the NHL is, is tough and they've, they've really thrived the last season and a half, but at home, I, who knows? I mean, there's all these reasons you, you, you can chalk. I mean, you hear, you can chalk it up to maybe, I mean, part of it's they maybe they get too comfortable. They want to put on a show for the fans. You know, they, they make that extra pass. I mean, there's all these different reasons, but until they, really make key bank center a tough rink that opponents don't like coming into. I think it's going to, they're not going to take that next step. What do you make of the Sabres going back to their run and gun style? I think it's good. Um, Don Granado basically said after the Leafs win, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, basically you're struggling and you, you got to kind of go back to go back to your strengths. And I mean, if, if there's, if they, I mean, they've obviously struggled as they've tried to evolve these first, you know, three months of the season um, or two months of the season. I mean, go back, go back to the way you were, and maybe it's not perfect, but it's it's a better option. I think guys like playing that way, and uh, I think it was a smart move to kind of, I don't know, go back to basics or <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But I think that was a a, a a smart move just to kind of reset just go back 
to what makes you, what made you so powerful? What made you such an intriguing success, you know, successful for at least by their level team? I mean, you, you saw it against, uh, the, the the Leafs, I mean, Tage Thompson had a shot blocked. The Leafs picked it up and went down and scored. But it didn't take long for the Sabres to respond because of the style that they were playing. Um, I, I just think that at this juncture, that's the best style for them to play. Uh, it's the best style they're suited for them to play. And then at the end of the season, the offseason, Granado and his, his staff can go back to the drawing board and maybe figure out a, a better way to button it up than they came up with, with uh, this year. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know how this is going to play out. I mean, they're going to have to, as the season stretches on, they're going to have to win some two-to-one games or some three-to-two games or whatever, even one-nothing. I mean, that's just the way it becomes down the stretch where, I mean, ice becomes so much tougher to get. It, everything just becomes tighter as the stakes rise. So they're going to have to do that. But, I mean, if 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 they think that playing, I guess, more up tempo or whatever, however you want to frame it, just uh, more offensive attack. Uh, if they think that suits them better and can get them out of, uh, you know, a middling two months, I, I think that that's a good way to go. All right, Bill. Any plans for New Year's Eve? Uh, I'll be watching the Bills game, then watching the Sabres game. You're a wild man. We're not going right. to. We're not going to see you uh, uh, downtown on the at the ball drop. No, you will not. Sorry. Are you going to make it to midnight? Yes, I will. Intentionally. Uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think I usually make it to midnight on New Year's Eve. It's a young man's game. It is. Watch some Dick Clark rocking New Year's Eve. You know, just do all the traditional stuff. All right. All right. <laughs> so, well, thank you for joining us for episode 17 of Buffalo Press Box, a special Christmas edition. Uh, lots more to talk about this week as the Bills potentially clinch a playoff spot as the Sabres uh, potentially make their long-awaited move up the standings. Uh, plenty to like from this, these teams in the past uh, week or so here. So, Nick... Thank you for joining us. Leave us a review. Send us an email if you want at buffalopressbox at gmail.com, and we'll catch you next week.